welcome to Nikki's a Big Girl. I'm your host, Nikki, and um, I am coming to you live from Oakville, Washington, where it is a balmy 41 degrees outside. I'm telling you, I have only got one undershirt on under this giant hoodie <laughs> and no lap blanket because it's just so hot outside. <laughs> Um, I don't know about you guys, but I I am done with April. I would really love to have the warmer weather really start setting in, especially because I, I got back from California about a week ago and it was 100 degrees there without a cloud in the sky and the Santa Ana winds sure as hell made it a wonderful, wonderful experience. I'm telling you, I was seconds away from faking my death and starting my new life over in California <laughs> um, uh, with zero responsibilities and my dog. And uh, I mean, I didn't, obviously, or I'm, I wouldn't be here, but <laughs> but um, it was a great trip. It was a lot of fun. I got to see my aunt, my uncle and my cousin. And we had we had a blast. We did. um we just mostly hung out and visited, and I honestly, it's like those are the best trips when you just get to sit and talk, and and this was the first time seeing my aunt uh, since before COVID. Uh, my mom and I had planned a trip before she had passed away, but sadly, we didn't get to make it, so this was the first uh, uh, trip that that they have had since um, my mom passed or first visitor that they've had since my mom passed. And, and for them, it was a big deal that I got to be there. And, and it was a big deal for me that I got to be there. So traveling, uh, for me is not always easy. Um, flying is always scary. It's nerve wracking for me, but I also, <laughs> um, I get really anxious about it. And so, we're going to talk about it. So let's let's talk about it. How does it feel to fly while fat? Uh it's not always great. Sometimes it's it's pretty good. You know, you have a, a good experience here and there, but there's always a few people that like to make sure you know that you're that you're personally ruining their flight or or however. And we'll talk about that too, but I'm going to talk about the things I do as a bigger bodied person that make traveling easier for me. And uh, we'll go over five different things. I will go over them. I will include links in the show notes for you guys, but we're, we're definitely going to cover a few things. And if you're not a bigger bodied person and you're listening to this podcast, you actually might hear a couple tips for yourself that you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. But if you are just, if you're not a bigger bodied person or you're not, you know, um, if you are a, a, what I would call a, a, a straight size body, then, you know, you, you might um, gain a new perspective. And if you have a, a fat friend or that, that you fly with, that you travel with, you might be able to kind of get maybe an idea of how they feel or just some of the stuff that, that they go through to make the flight more comfortable for straight bodied people. Um, I know a lot of people like me, we like to make the flight comfortable for ourselves and for others because then ultimately it makes it comfortable for ourselves again. So 
Me, personally, I have uh, the mentality of preparation is key. Um, I'm very much like my dad in that regard, that I will spend time preparing for this because the more prep I do, the easier and the smoother it goes when it's time to do it. And flying is definitely my my thing that I spend a lot of time prepping on. And so let's dive in. Let's talk about it. Um, for me, the first thing, number one, the big one, and I learned this from my friend Katie, is carry on. Carry on, carry on. If I'm going somewhere and I'm only going to be there for about a week, there's no reason why I'm checking my bag. I am not getting married. I'm not hosting a gala. If I'm going somewhere for a week, I'm I'm going to wear one, maybe two pairs of pants, uh, depending. I like to live on the edge, so I usually just pack one pair of jeans and a pair of yoga pants. <laughs> but my aunt, this trip to California, my aunt Janine was, was asking, um, we, we have a load of darks. You can go ahead and put your pants in there if you want. And I said, well, I didn't bring my yoga pants. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I would be walking around and just pajama shorts and, and pajama shorts are pretty short. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. She's like, you're not going to wear, you're not going to wash your jeans. And I said, Angie, I'm, I've only been here four days and it's not like I'm working They're I'm just wearing them They're We're hanging out at the house. It's not a big deal. And uh, she was kind of shocked. She's just like, how long do you wear your jeans before you wash them? I was like, oh, about a week. <laughs> and I think I terrified her a little bit there. But um, I don't know. My jeans, unless I'm out working in the yard or anything, there's not really a reason why I need to pack so many pants. It's not like I'm off doing hard labor and sweating and getting these jeans dirty. I'm either at a restaurant or... You know, I'm sitting in a house visiting or I might be shopping like those are the big ones. And if I'm out shopping, I can always buy more pants. So I'm a carry on girl. So I try to keep it light. And uh, thanks to Katie, I learned that. And most of your airlines nowadays actually have a, a pretty. A pretty good carry on policy. I think the bags have to be 24 inches or less. Um, I I have a, a duffel bag that I carry uh, and I fill up and carry. So I don't do a lot of um, stuff like, you know, with hair and makeup. So my makeup bag is pretty small and I pack a curling iron and, you know, my hairbrush and some hairspray. So for me, it's easy to pack in a smaller bag. And like I said, you know, I only bring the one pair of jeans and I'm usually wearing them while I'm on the flight. So it's pretty easy. But what does help with that uh, doing carry on is little things that I can put in my bag, travel size stuff that I can chuck in my bag or my purse that I know will help me keep my clothes. So I'm not like stinky. Again, I'm not out there doing hard labor, so it's not like anything smells but, you know, sometimes if you are out and you walk by uh, a bar or something and people are smoking, sometimes if you're like me, I always get a little paranoid that I pick up that smell. So I have found stuff like Febreze and their bounce. Dryer Sheets also makes one. It's a fabric refresher. They just kind of deodorize the pants and, and 
or your shirt, even if that's what maybe a coat. But I found that those have helped too. So for me, carry on is a big one. Um, that's my number one tip is if you can do a carry on bag, do it because you're going to get on your flight. You'll put your bag above the overhead bit. You put the bag in the overhead bin. And when you get where you're going, you can just relax and know your bag is above your head. You stand up, wait your turn, grab your bag, get off the plane and get the hell out of there. And there's no waiting at baggage claim and hoping they didn't lose your luggage or damage your luggage, um, which unfortunately I know people who've lost luggage and that's not, especially being a, a bigger bodied person. If, if my luggage got lost, that's my makeup. That's my hair stuff. That's all my clothes. It's my pajamas, my underwear, all of that stuff. Being a bigger bodied person, you've, you know, if you're listening to this and you're fat, you know the fat tax. And if you are a straight sized person, you don't know what we're talking about. Fat tax is a loving little code that we like to say for people who make clothing because straight sizes double, double, zero, extra, extra, extra small to extra large will be one price, but then 2x to and they usually only go 2X and 3X. They'll be $5 more sometimes, which they're not, the fabric isn't that much more than the extra large. And so they they charge you a fat tax because they made a bigger close, but really they just kind of put you over a barrel and being a bigger bodied person, you know, you either live with it or you learn to make your own clothes. And not all of us do that. <laughs> Um, I've made my own clothes. It's gone really well. But uh, if my luggage is lost, I'm not going to be busting out a sewing machine and making all my clothes. I'm going to have to go to a Walmart and hope I can find everything I need. And that's if there's a store near me where I'm at that can accommodate my sizes. Sometimes you travel somewhere and they don't have that stuff as readily available. Um so it's it's a little hard. So carry on has really come in for me being my new favorite uh, a thing to do. I've done that on my last few trips, last few flights, and it has been amazing. And I very much, very, very much am going to be a carry on girl for the foreseeable future. So that is tip number one. If you could do a carry on, do it. Tip number two is one that I did this year on kind of a whim, um, but also kind of the driving force to make me travel more is uh, TSA PreCheck. TSA PreCheck is amazing. And again, I'll put the link for these things in the bio for TSA PreCheck. I'll put that in the bio. So you can get that, you know, from a trusted source. You don't have to try to find something online. But TSA PreCheck is $85. It lasts five years. It is a program um, that you can apply for and pay a fee to opt into. And again, it's an $85 fee. You go to your office after you've scheduled your appointment. They fingerprint you. They get your permissions to run background checks with the 
with the federal government and the FBI, so on and so forth, to make sure you're not, you know, a bad guy. And if everything comes out clear and green, they give you what's called a known traveler number. And that known traveler number is nice because when you go to the airport, you see those TSA pre-check lines. They're so much shorter than the regular security lines. So for me, and I've I've gotten it randomly on a few boarding passes of TSA pre-check because sometimes uh, it'll it'll be on your boarding pass and and used to be I thought it was like a luck of the draw thing, but then I learned you actually can pay and have this service. So I went ahead and did it this year, and knowing that when I get to the airport. I don't have to get there a million hours early and stand in line behind every single buddy and their mom and their baby and their cousin's babies. I have, I have learned, (laughs) I have learned that I am not extremely patient. And it's funny because I used to think patience was about uh, how long you could wait And I have since learned it's not about how long you can wait. It's about how well you can wait. And I have learned I I do not wait well. (laughs) So TSA PreCheck was, oh, it was a godsend. Uh, I got it this before this trip. uh, I wasn't sure if it would come in in time, but it really did. So it, it actually was. I got my TSA pre-check and about three days after that, I had my known traveler number. Um, They say it takes about two to three weeks to get it, but I had mine in in two to three days. So it was, it was amazing. And when I got there to the airport, I did my TSA pre-check. And as a bigger bodied person, when you're going through security, that can actually be kind of hard because I personally like to travel comfortably when I fly. So for me, that's going to look like a hoodie and jeans or a hoodie and some yoga pants. And going through security, they want you to take off your shoes, your socks, your hoodies. And a lot of times I don't really wear anything under the hoodie. So what I'll do is doing the TSA pre-check, it actually allows you to go through a streamed line security check. Because you have this FBI background check, because you have this fingerprint on file, they know you and they know who you are, where you're at, and whether or not you're somebody that they need to be worried about. And if you're a known traveler, you're not. So you get this really cool, simplified security experience where you're not taking off your shoes, you're not stripping down half naked, you're throwing everything in a bucket. The bucket's pass. You're not even taking your electronics out of the bag even. You're just throwing everything in the bin. They send the bin through. You walk through um, a metal detector. And then you just grab your bag and you, you move on. It's so much simpler. It's so much easier. It's so worth the 85 bucks, And it's for five years. And you can renew it super easily. So... Like I said, I'll put the link, but how it goes is you go online, you register, uh, and then it'll ask you to do an appointment. And so you schedule your appointment at one of the locations in your area that you can go to 
Again, like I said, they'll take your fingerprints. They'll take a copy of your citizenship documents, anything that backs up um, your citizenship and your identity. So federally or uh, government issued, not federally issued, (laughs) government issued ID that just proves you are who you say you are. You can bring a birth certificate. You can bring a license. I brought my passport. Um, So that was super helpful to have that when I got there. Showed up to security, walked right through, and my next stop was Dunkin' Donuts, (laughs) which was my first experience at Dunkin' Donuts, and I am praying to all the gods that it is not my last, because that cold brew coffee hit the spot. It was real good. I liked it. So um, this is officially me, Nikki Darden, saying I like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. (laughs) So... If you have lost your faith in the podcast now and you sign off, I understand. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I just like stuff that tastes good. I honestly I don't care where it comes from. But the fact that it was my first Dunkin' Donuts coffee ever and it was really good just made me extra happy. So I'd had some rough experiences with airport coffee in my life. So to have really good experience is is nice. Um but definitely TSA PreCheck does make that security experience a lot easier and it's a lot more straightforward. So uh, again, TSA PreCheck, you can get it online. I'll include the link and you can sign up. It's, it's awesome. Um, But the cool thing too, like I said, and that actually brings me to point number three, I like having a passport. Uh, You just heard me talk about how I used it for my identification. I love having a passport, not even because I plan to travel the world, but it's also nice to have a second form of identification. When I came to TSA PreCheck, I used it as identification. For my 30th birthday, I used it to get into the bars because my ID expired and I didn't notice. Um, So I I had to use my passport, which, hey worked like a charm. Uh, So it's really nice to have a passport as a second form of ID. And it kind of doubles as proof of citizenship because you do have to submit a birth certificate to prove that you're a U.S. citizen to have a U.S. passport. Um, And if you're not a U.S. citizen and you have your country's passport, it's it's awesome. I, I just like having two forms of ID because I have a license, I have a passport. I am who I say I am. The picture is the same cheesy grin, the same bright red hair, and the same the same name. <laughs> so uh, passports are amazing, and I'll put the link in, but they're really easy, really easy to get. I think I renewed mine, I want to say like five years ago. They're a 10-year term, so you get your passport, it lasts 10 years, and you can renew it. Um, You just send in your documentation. Most of your cities uh, will do it right there at the city courthouse. So I know the town that I live in, uh, Oakville, is really small. We don't really do that here at our courthouse or our city hall. But I know when I lived in Yelm, um, I could go to the courthouse and do a passport renewal form and send out my and they would send it out right there with my my payment and everything. Um, I think when I renewed my passport, it was 100 and 
110. And then when I got the passport the first time, it was 150. That might, I might be going higher than I think I am, but um, it's been a while and I've had it and it has paid for itself in spades. Um, I very much recommend if you don't have a passport, I very much recommend getting one. It's just nice to have too if you're at the airport and you've got your wallet on you. You don't have to worry about fumbling through your wallet, digging out your ID. Um, you can just keep, you know, if you're like me, I'm wearing my hoodie, my passport's in my front pocket or it's in, in my hand. Um, so it's really easy to keep on hand. It's really easy to grab. And I can I can use it as another form of identification. So passport has come in handy very much for me and and that's definitely a solid number three tip I have for traveling all right these next two tips that I love um tip number four my tip number four is definitely dress comfortable um you know wear something that you know you're gonna be comfortable in for the flight it's it's awkward sometimes. I mean, I know when I get on that plane, I'm probably going to be kind of wedged in um, by people that, you know, people I don't know, unless I'm flying with a friend, um, but we're usually kind of crammed together. And that can be hard when you're a bigger bodied person because you need more space. Uh, your body takes up more space, and that is valid. You are allowed to take up space. You are allowed to be somebody who requires space. And for me, making sure that I can fly comfortably means dressing comfortably. It's wearing a pair of jeans that I know fit me comfortably. They have a little bit of stretch in them. Nine times out of ten, I'm wearing a hoodie. Uh, or like a, a, a cardigan and a t-shirt kind of a thing. But I'm always wearing comfy shoes. I like to wear compression socks when I fly so my ankles don't swell up because that's, you know, your high altitude. And and sometimes you're dehydrated because you're in a plane and you don't want to use the bathroom because, God forbid, we don't, we don't use airplane bathrooms, okay? They're just, they're not made for real humans. They're made for toddlers and people who are suffering from malnutrition, those bathrooms are not made for any human above the age of 12. <laughs> um, I've gone to the bathroom in them once. One time was all it took for me to go, nope, I will, I will not. I will dehydrate myself before I do this <laughs> ever again. Um, but uh for me, you know, it's, it's, it's dressing comfortably. And like I said, you know, sometimes I don't drink as much water because I don't want to go use those bathrooms. Also, you know, it's like everybody else is using them and yeah, just, it's, there's a, there's a hole. It's like a Porter John stuck on the side of an airplane. It just is. Nope. No, thank you. It's that thing is not no thanks. So I, um, I try to dress comfortably. I like to wear compression socks so that one is definitely a, a solid tip for is dress comfortably. And if you can get compression socks, I highly recommend them. Um, they'll help keep your ankles from swelling. And, you know, that's just nice. Keeps your legs energized and stuff while you're stuck in a sitting position for a long time. Um, and then those comfy clothes help to 
make that flight a little less distracting. Um, you can relax knowing that you know your clothes fit, your clothes are warm, they're comfortable, or if you're in a hot climate, they're cool and they're comfortable. Plus, if you don't do the, if you decide, you know, hey, I don't need TSA pre-check. I like, you know, I, I don't mind going through security. Um, I don't mind doing all that stuff. It's nice to dress comfortably because when you go through security, you know, you're taking off a hoodie, you're taking off your shoes, you're taking off your socks and your backpacks and things like that. So comfort is king. You know, if, if you're wearing clothes that you know uh, fit you well, that you can move around in well, you know, you just, you can bust right through there and, and it won't even bother you. Um, so those are definitely things that I would recommend is, is just wearing something that fits you well and that you know you're going to fly comfortably in. And that, of course, that goes hand in hand with compression socks again. I cannot stress it enough. I love them. I know they seem like such an old lady thing. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people think of, you know, when they think of compression socks, they think of that old church organist who's got the one sock that's like halfway rolled down her leg and <laughs> and uh, the other one, you know, is pulled up under her Sunday dress. And it's, you know, I, I honestly, I don't care. They're for my health. It helps me relax. It helps my legs stay nice and, and, uh, and healthy. It makes my ankles feel good. And I know when I land uh, that my feet won't hurt because like I said, we're high altitude. There's a pressurized cabin and, and feet swell, you know, you're sitting for a long time. And you get off that plane, if your ankles are swollen, that hurts. Um, I, uh, me personally, if my feet are swollen or my ankles are swollen, that shit hurts. I like, I can't bend my foot. I can't walk right. Um, it's, it's a no thank you for me. So I highly recommend the, the compression socks and I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for the socks that I like, the ones that I wear, um, and, you know, hey, you're welcome to, to check them out and get them. I get them from Walmart, so they're they're not that expensive. And uh, and they fit great, and they've, they're amazing. I love them. Big fan. Highly recommend. Lastly, uh, tip number five, and this comes right back to comfort. Me, don't at me. I, I'm a seatbelt extender girl. I have flown on Southwest. That's my favorite airline. That's the one that I fly on the most. And I like that one because you can pick your own seat. There's no assigned seating, but you can do uh, another cool thing called early bird check-in. Uh, that's something I love. I'll talk about that more in a minute too um, for tips uh, six and seven. But tip number five is the seatbelt extender. I have one for the other airlines and I have one for Southwest because God forbid Southwest is just like everyone else and has the same one. <laughs> but no, I have two and I really don't need it. The seatbelt does buckle for me and, and this is not always the case for everyone. Um, some people, they they have to have them. It's a, it's a non, you know, it's a non-starter for them. It's just a given. They're having it. They're getting seatbelt extender. And the cool thing is most of your flights have them. So you can actually ask a flight 
person, a flight attendant, and just say, hey, may I have a seatbelt extender? And they, they usually have about four or five uh, on the flight they can hand out. Now, this isn't always a given, though. Um, you know, there could be a lot of people on the plane who do need them. There might be, you know, there might only be two or three and they can't give them out or they may have already given them out. So for me, I like to just buy my own. I have, like I said, I have one for Southwest. I have one for, you know, United, Delta and all the others. And I only need usually like an extra inch on the seatbelt. So when I buckle in, um, it's tight, but it's not insanely tight. And like I said, that's not always the case for everybody. But I decided to get myself a seatbelt extender because I got tired of like panic buckling and being like, I can never unbuckle the seatbelt because if I do, I might not be able to get it buckled again. Uh, So I bought my seatbelt extender and... The cool thing is, is if you've ever watched the flight attendants do their spiel about how to buckle your seatbelt and they've got that strip, it looks like a mini seatbelt. That's actually a seatbelt extender. So what they're showing you when they show you how to buckle your seatbelt, how to unbuckle your seatbelt, that is a seatbelt extender. You can buy them on Amazon. Um, I think the one that I bought uh, for Southwest was like 19 bucks. But the one that I bought for the other airlines was only like $16. But they pay for themselves because you don't have to ask. Um, and if you're like me, <laughs> I'm I'm not embarrassed to ask for things that I need. Because again, you are a human, you are valid, and you are allowed to take up space. But sometimes it's hard to get their attention or they may not have it. And so it's not really something I want to risk. So I just pack it myself. I have my own. I pack it. I use it. I love it. I'll include the link for the show notes uh, for the one that I bought for Southwest Airlines, which is who I flew this time. And um, I'll include the link for for two for both types of, of belts. And uh, they work great. They're super simple. Like I said, if you see them do their example of how to buckle and unbuckle your seatbelt, it works exactly like that except with the actual seatbelt. You've got the buckle side that buckles in um, to the the actual clamp and then you've got the other side that's the clamp that the buckle for the seatbelt buckles into and you have extra space. Those seatbelt extenders are great because they can go as short as two inches so if you're like me you only need a couple of inches they go down to two inches but they also go all the way out to 26 inches. So they're very generous on those seatbelt extenders to give you comfort while you fly. And owning your own is actually really nice because like I said before, you're not really asking to have one. And again, if they don't have one, sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to accommodate. All right. And I know I said at the beginning of the podcast that this was going to be five tips Um, But I've thought of uh, another one since, since, uh, since then, (laughs) I thought of actually two more. And tip number six for me, this is actually one that I've, I've done a lot. And this is actually um, one that I am a big fan of is pick your favorite airline, pick your favorite airline. It doesn't matter who it is. 
I love Southwest. I'm a big Southwest Airlines girl. I, um, that was not a, an intended pun <laughs> or an intended joke, but yes, I'm a big girl who likes Southwest. I'm a big Southwest girl. <laughs> um, but I do, I do like Southwest Airlines because the mentality there is very, it's just, it's just the vibes have always felt more relaxed to me. Um, I know everybody has their airlines they hate. I know Southwest is one that a lot of people hate. I personally have never had major issues with Southwest and they've always made it right for me. Um, like this last uh, trip I took to California, I flew Southwest and I do the feature, the early bird check-in. I do early bird check-in. I don't want to wake up and try to think to myself, okay, when's 24 hours before my flight? Okay, it's, you know, 2.38 a.m. Okay, I got to make sure that I get up, that I'm aware, so I can check in, so I can hopefully get a good boarding position. I, no, thank you. No, I like my sleep. Don't interrupt it. I'm going to do early bird check-in. For Southwest Airlines, it's 15 bucks. Um, I do early bird for you know, my, my flights. Uh, so like for my total cost this last time, it was an extra 30 bucks. All I did is I opened up the app when I woke up, clicked the check-in button and like, all right, great. You're boarding group a number, number. I think the, I was number a 16 and then I was a 20. And then I think I was a 30 for my flight back. Uh, and then a 20 something again. So it was really the, like a good boarding pass, um, group. And I didn't have to get up in the middle of the night and try to check in on time to get it. I just woke up, checked in and got a good boarding group. So for me, I love Southwest for that reason, early bird check-in and I get to pick my own seat. Uh, that's a big one. If you like to have the window, the emergency aisle, the aisle, if you're somebody who's absolutely insane and likes the middle seat, um, Southwest might be for you. Uh, you can just pick your own seat. And so for me, the nice thing about having that early bird check-in is I have an earlier boarding time, which means I can pick the seats that I like. I like to pick towards the front of the flight because then when we land, I want to get off. I want to go away from the plane. I don't always like flying. It scares me sometimes. But it gets easier the more I do it. However, it does still kind of freak me out a little. And so I love picking that early bird check-in. Get on the plane, get boarded, and get off the plane when I get there. And like I said, for me, it's 15 bucks. I'm not sure the other programs, the other flights, uh, airline companies offer. But I know for Southwest, uh, it's 15 bucks. It's early bird check-in. It's totally worth it. I highly recommend it. I use that one a lot, and I love it because I don't have to worry about checking in on the right times. I can just relax, check in on my flight, and get going, um, which leads me to point number seven is when you get there, you get on your flight, you get comfortable. Something that I personally... Um, I love to do is I like to take myself a few snacks. Yes, they usually give you like a package of check mix or peanuts or whatever it is. And you get the, the beverage like coffee, tea, water. 
Um, I do love to get the, the coffee and stuff, the coffee, tea, and the water, but I do like that. Um, but I do like to take my own snacks because sometimes, you know, if you're flying really early in the morning and it's breakfast time, you don't really get time to stop because the airline restaurants might not be open yet. So I like to take snacks because then when I get on the, the plane, I can just, you know, I get my, my drink from the, the airline attendant and then I can relax and eat my breakfast or eat my snack and know that when I land, I'm not going to be ravenous. And uh, I've done this a few times where I've landed and I've been really hungry because I didn't pack a snack or forgot to eat beforehand. And I landed, and the next thing I know, I'm stepping into the first fast food restaurant I see when I get off the plane. I personally, uh, I I like to eat good food. I like to eat food that, that serves my body, and I feel good eating. Fast food has never made me feel good. It's never felt like a good choice to me. I like good food. I mean, I, I'm that person, when you ask you know, what's something that you definitely pay for quality? I know some people are like, oh yeah, I only get my electronics from Best Buy or, or whatever. I'm like, I only like buying good meats from the butcher in my local town who I know buys this stuff from the farmer that lives up the road from me. I want to know exactly where my meats come from. I like to go to the farmer's market, buy fresh local stuff. Um, so I like good food. Uh, am I above a McChicken? Uh, no, thank you. I will love a McChicken. I am not above it. <laughs> so, you know, like I have my, I have my days, but generally I try not to eat a lot of fast food because it's not very filling. It's not very satisfying. And I always end up spending too much. Um, so I like to pack my own snacks. And for me, I, it's, I like charcuterie boards. Yes. I hear you. I am that basic white girl. Um, but this last tip that I found on Pinterest, I thought was super cool. This, uh, lady took a tackle box from Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's. Oh, well, those guys are the same now, but, uh, they adjusted the dividers inside for their own charcuterie. Like they had, um, meats and cheeses and some crackers and some candy and some nuts and stuff of that in there. Uh, that they had their snacks. And I loved that. I was like, oh, that's perfect. You got your snacks from home. They slide, you know, the little, it's a tackle box. It's got a lid. So it just slides right into your, your carry-on. Or you can carry it. Because um, like I was saying, some flights have really liberal carry-on policies. And you can bring a bag and a carry-on bag. So as long as one bag slips under the seat in front of you, you're good to go. And I like to do that. I'll carry a backpack um, that usually has, you know, small stuff in it. And then I like to save room for if I am uh, buying any kind of souvenir or anything, I have space to carry it back in. But definitely bring your own snacks if you can. Uh, if you can't, you know, hey, sometimes people go to the airport for the full experience of going to the the Starbucks or the Stumpton or the Dunkin' Donuts and then also stepping into a McDonald's and, and grabbing a little something. If that's your if that's your jam, I love it for you. Um, these are just some of the tips that I've liked. So uh, I'll do a quick recap. 
recap, recap. <laughs> I'll do a quick recap. <laughs> Don't mind me. It's only 1030 at night and I'm just struggling to stay awake right now. <laughs> um, so recap. Um, number one, carry on luggage. Bring that carry on bag if you can. Like I said, they they go up to 24 inches now. And most of your stores like your Walmart, your Ross, your Marshalls, you can actually find a carry on bag very, very affordable. Um, and uh, and you could just do that. Me personally, I'm trying to find a new carry on bag because the duffel bag I mentioned, although I love it, um, it's it's definitely seen some better days. And, and I'd like something a little more rigid. So I'm trying personally to find a unicorn hard side luggage. Uh, so if you happen to know any, shoot a link into the podcast. <laughs> I I would love to to get that, possibly. Um, but yeah, tip number two, always a fun one. And like I said, it pulls a double duty in your life. So beyond going for the plane, it does it tends to pay for itself. Is that passport? Having that second form of ID is always nice because you know filling out legal documents, notary documents, um, opening a bank. Sometimes banks still ask for two forms of ID and the passport and the driver's license. Wham, bam, you've got two forms. So definitely a passport has, like I said, it paid for itself. And another thing too that has paid for itself is that TSA pre-check. I, I showed up at security, I was through that security line in less than 10 minutes. Um, and the only reason why it took that long was because I showed up before they'd opened by a few minutes and was waiting for them to open. Cause again, I'm paranoid and I showed up like two hours before my flight. My flight was the first flight of the day. So security wasn't even open until like 3am and I was there at like two thirty. <laughs> so I, uh, I, you know, I had to wait for them to open, <laughs> but, uh, it was a good one. Definitely. Like I said, TSA pre-check, it pays for itself and it's phenomenal. Tip number four, dress for success, dress for comfort, dress for the ride. You're going to be sitting for a while. Be comfortable. It's not the fifties anymore. Air travel is not some random luxury thing that only the wealthy afford. Um, of course, sometimes it feels like it's it's for the wealthy, but you know this. It takes a half hour to fly from Spokane to Seattle. It took me an hour and a half to fly from Portland to Ontario. Um, it really is is worth the the time to just be comfortable in that time. Like I said, it's it's not the 40s, it's not the 50s anymore. We're not wearing black tie on the airplane. So wear what you want to wear and dress comfortably. And again, compression socks, compression socks, they are amazing. I cannot sing their praises loud enough. Um, coming in hot with tip number five is that seatbelt extender. Those things are amazing. Again, I'll put link in show notes for all of the things that I've talked about tonight. But I can't I can't stress enough how much the seatbelt extender has made my flight experience a little less stressful. I don't have to worry about if they have a seatbelt extender. I don't have to feel um, embarrassed for asking for one. I have it. I'm already buckled. I usually I pull it out of my pocket when I sit down. 
and I buckle in and nobody even really knows it's there but me. And even if they do know that it's there, I don't give a shit. You can look at me and see that I'm a big bodied person. And if you're surprised I need a seatbelt extender, then you are not paying attention. <laughs> um, but it it's awesome. And like I said, Southwest Airlines has a different one um, than the other airlines. So if, if you're like me and you're a Southwest person, you know, make sure that that seatbelt extender mentions that it is for Southwest Airlines. Otherwise, you, you might end up asking for one. Um, tip number six, that one pairs right along with Southwest. If you're somebody who does fly another airline and you do know of this program, uh, shoot me an, an email or something into the podcast. I'll share the email at the end. Um, I would love to know because I personally, if I do fly another flight, uh, I would like to have that option because early bird check-in, which is what it's called for Southwest Airlines, is amazing. Like I said, it's $15. Uh, if you're doing round trip, it's $15 per flight or, you know, per trip. And then it's um, $25 if you're just going one way. And for me, it was an extra 30 bucks for my round trip ticket to California. And I didn't have to worry about doing check-in. I didn't have to worry about waking up and make sure I got up on time. So early bird check-in, again, pays for itself. And last but not least, what kind of what kind of fantastic flight tips and tricks would this be if I didn't mention snacks? What kind would it be? Who would I be as a person if I didn't say snacks? Snacks are key. Whatever that snack looks like for you. If you're like me and you want to build a charcuterie board out of a tackle box, do it. If you are a granola bar person and a cup of water, I am impressed. Because that is that is awesome. I had my little in my little snack charcuterie, um, or as I like to call it, a snack charcuterie board. Um, I had some Easter candy. Um, I had some high chews. I had some of those little like the what are they little Smokies, and I had some cheese bricks. Um, nothing crazy. But it was it was enough for me to to not want to dive off the plane and jump into the first restaurant that I saw. So it actually came in really handy for me. It kept me tied it over so that when I did get off the flight in California, um, I could I could grab something at the airport if I wanted to. But I didn't really feel the need to. And the cool thing about having your own snacks is if you have dietary issues, um, like some people I know you know, you're lactose intolerant or you're gluten-free or you're trying to cut back on sugar, this is a great way for you to accommodate those dietary needs without having to feel like you have to defend them to anybody. Just bring your own snacks. Um, so yeah, that's lucky number seven right there is, is your snacks. So those are the tips that I personally use when I fly. Uh, I would love to hear yours if you've got a good one or just hell, if you just have one, send it into the podcast. I love to hear the feedback. Uh, Nikki's a big girl at gmail.com. Let me know your tips. Let me know your tricks. Uh, and, and if you know any way to get discounts too, like shoot that in, <laughs> um, that would be awesome. But again, uh, these are just the things that I like to do while I fly while fat. So hopefully you have safe journeys, good trips, and I wish you many adventures 
uh, this year as you as you hopefully embark on on flying around the country or or the world. Um, so again, if you got tips and tricks, I would love to hear from you. Or if you just have a funny travel story, send it into the podcast. Again, that podcast is Nikki's a big girl at gmail.com. This is Nikki signing off. I will talk to you guys later. Have a great week and a wonderful evening. Thank you.